0: Bonjour, Parkrun Adventurers. Je m'appelle Scott. Bienvenue, Parkrun Adventure Podcast. What's the French word for podcast? My my four years of French didn't extend that far. In fact, when I was in school, I didn't even have podcasts.
1: I'm not entirely sure that what you said, was that welcome? Was that welcome to the podcast? I don't, I'm not, yeah, I don't know if you use that in the correct context either.
0: <laughs> I only did four years of French. Don't test me. All I remember is, I, you know, I, I like ham sandwiches and my name is Scott. I, and I couldn't work ham sandwiches into the um, opener. So I went with my name is Scott. And it's ironic because I don't like ham sandwiches. So maybe it was, je n'ai pas jambon sandwich. We could
1: Both probably use some more lessons because my French extends about as far as the word hors d'oeuvres.
0: Well, you know what? You're in luck. Because this week on the pod, we're going to catch up with Anita, who's the country manager over in France. She's been tasked with launching Parkrun in France. Tough gig. And we'll find out all about it later on in the episode. But before we do that, did you get up to any adventures this week, Mel?
1: Mel? I did have some adventures this week. I was lucky enough to head north to Noosa Park Run on a little bit of a brisk morning to meet up with some other adventurers and take along some adventurers that I had staying with me as a guest. Heaps of people were there this weekend because it was timed with the Noosa Sports Festival. So lots of people showing up for their park run fix on Saturday morning before they dashed over to Noosa main beach to do either the ocean swim or register for some of the runs or the ridiculously long cycles that were happening on Sunday and so we, we headed to Noosa to do that and lots and lots of cheering later lots of goals achieved by adventurers we'd had a great time and how about you I believe you were headed to Highlands last weekend Scotty
0: I did they had their third anniversary always great going out to Highlands, very friendly crew out there, always feel very welcome. And this week in particular, I was made to feel even more welcome because they named a bridge after the Trickett family. They called it the Trickett Trestle Bridge. So as you get around, it's a three lap course at Highland Highlands, so you get to run over it three times. So If you miss it the first time, you get a chance a second. And even then, if you miss it, you can't miss it the third time around it's a lovely bridge not the biggest bridge in park run but it serves its purpose we need to cross the water somehow and the little trestle bridge does the trick
1: do, do you know who nicknamed it the tr- the trick at trestle bridge for you
0: well the event team out at highlands came up with that okay they? so
1: they they owned up to it did they you didn't show up early and do it yourself is where I'm going with this. Well,
0: it, it wasn't all about me because there were, were other locations around the course that had names as well. So there was Marianne's Meander. There was Muscle Park. I think that was in relation to me as well. Um,
1: <laughs> You'll there take was it.
0: straight But I was honoured just to be a small part and get my Trickett trestle bridge in amongst all those.
1: I love the idea of that naming little sections of courses after people, parkrun people. I might have to start thinking about what I could name sections of my course after.
0: What's your favourite section of a parkrun? I mean, it's pretty obvious for me. I, I love a bridge. I, I've mentioned it before,
1: once yeah. or twice.
0: What should we call the uh, urban? Um, car?
1: I have a soft spot for. The spectacular reveal so any any park run that you know you've got your head down because you're either running up a hill or there's you're going through a section which is got trees all over both sides and then all of a sudden you come out and there's a spectacular view of of anything just waiting for you I love it when I can discover one of those on a course and I've been Lucky enough to see them on several courses that I've adventured to, so that's that would have to be my favorite aspect, and I think something that should be included at least one on every parkrun course if possible.
0: I like that. So, we call it Mel's View. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I don't know that 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 could that could be misconstrued. Maybe just a corner. <laughs>
0: we could call it the a Corner or something like that.
1: I, may, maybe we should put this one out for the listeners to send in their contributions about what we can call my, my sneaky reveal. or no, that's, that's <laughs> terrible as well. Let's not call it that. <laughs> I was really careful not
0: to do go there, but I'm glad you got me through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Keep it clean, people, but let us know what you think we should call it.
0: We could create a Strava segment.
1: Yes, on every parkrun course that's got one. And that Strava segment can be named after me because that's not going to inflate my ego at all. Good. Well,
0: that's good. You're and sp-
1: grounded.
0: And sp- <laughs> speaking of Strava.
1: And speaking of Strava. Shall we get
0: onto this? The the massive growth of the Parkrun Adventurers Strava Club.
1: The explosion of adventurers who have joined us.
0: We're no longer in Missouri. We've fixed that. <laughs> But you need to. Get, if you can't find us on Strava, go to our Facebook page, and there is a link directly to it. We can't explain the mysteries of Strava searches, but we are there. And as we've teased, as we've promised, there's more stuff coming. Not just checking out what all your other adventurers does. Do run.
1: Which is also cool, but it's you know it's not ultimately where we're heading entirely, and it's not too far away. So make sure you join what? soon.
0: So what we've discovered this week on Strava is that Matt Archer loves running. If you didn't know, there's a a weekly leaderboard and Matt Archer smoked us all. 150k he ran last week.
1: And it took him more than 12 hours to do that. Still impressive.
0: Yeah. So you can check out all that. I ranked in 43rd.
1: Top yeah. 50. Good job.
0: I'm just looking for Mel.
1: Oh. <laughs> you might be looking for a little while. I'm a Scroll I'm and a little scroll. bit. No.
0: <laughs> Maybe you're saving it all up. For I next did week, ru- or... I
1: I did run. I'm just not very good at I'm not that person who rushes home and forsakes a shower or food or you know turning the car off just to plug my watch into my computer. And I certainly don't have one of those Wi-Fi ones. that just syncs automatically. So um, forgive me if you don't see me on there straight away. If you want to find me, I'm Rebel. Am I Rebel Rouser? Is that what my name is? See, I can't even remember my own name.
0: Confusing us all. Confusing us all. But I'm
1: I'm in fluoro in my picture and I'm called Rebel Rouser because that's what I do. I rouse rebels. I need to get
0: you one of those watches that does sync to your phone because that's a way to do it. Straight after you run, bang, into your phone, onto Strava.
1: Well, that could solve a lot of problems. Let's work on it.
0: As we hinted to at the start of the program, tonight, or today, we're joined by Anita Alfonso, who is the country manager... France, who are about to celebrate their first anniversary this Saturday. Welcome to the podcast, Anita.
2: Hi. Hi, everyone.
0: Exciting times for parkrun in France. You're about to turn one.
2: Yes, it's been a, a great year, very interesting. Um, we Yes, we just launched the fifth parkrun um, two weeks ago, and this Saturday we're, we're turning one, so um, we're all very happy and excited about that.
0: And where was the fifth park run? Was it a big, successful launch?
2: It was a, it was a nice launch. It was in a um, little town of less than 3,000 um, people called Pierre de Bresse. They have an amazing chateau there, which is um, a classified monument, and uh, the council were so keen for us to start a park run there. So it's in it's in the east of France. It's the only park run on there at the moment, and... The entire community was involved. That was fantastic. We had around 40, 40 people all first timers pretty much for the launch and um, yeah it, it was a great it was a great day. So have you
0: had a successful first year? So you said you got five events. Are you happy with that?
2: Yes, very happy with that. Um, it's been successful in, in in a lot of ways. Um, we have five six sustainable parkland teams with um, volunteers involved and and communities and families and and people taking part. So um, on that sense, it's been it's been very successful. We've we've had local interest, and what's been very important for us is that councils for the for the five parklands that we have in France. Have all been very keen to get the parkrun started. We haven't had any difficulty to actually start the parkrun locally. So for that, it's been it's been fantastic to see that the the local councils really are um, behind the parkrun concept and IFOS. So that's that. It's been great for that.
1: Anita, where do you begin when you decide that you're going to bring a parkrun to a new country? Well.
2: The first thing I had to do was to, understra- to understand how sport is organised in France. I had a lot of experience in the UK. I had worked in sporting events in France before before moving to the UK. But the Parkrun concept being so different uh, from everything that existed in sports and in running, I had to kind of find ways to adapt the concept in France and way to organise it in the way that it would be. Um, legal and, um, and all, these, all these things, really. So that's the first thing I had to do, understand where in what boxes would the parkrun concept um, fit, really, into. Um, so I worked on that for, for quite a while. And once I did that, it was pretty easy. I just had to find um, the local volunteers and the locations and, and take it from there.
0: You had a history of parkrun in the UK beforehand. You were the second ever employee for Parkrun, is that correct?
2: I moved to the UK in 2008 and in 2009 I had the amazing opportunity to work for this little tiny sporting organization called Parkrun and I hadn't really heard about this before, especially being French and Parkrun being so small in the UK but I did have a background in sporting events and sports management and I happened to um, know the parkrun door at the right time where they were actually looking for someone to grow parkrun in the UK and to start new parkruns. So that's where I joined, um, when I joined in 2009. And then that gave me the opportunity to travel all around the country to meet with amazing people and communities and meet amazing volunteers and um, start new parkruns everywhere that, where people wanted one. I did that for a long time and then we, we launched the ambassador program um, and uh, we had uh, volunteers wanted to do more and I coordinated the volunteer, the, the ambassadors Sorry, and um, part of my role was just to, to keep on um, developing Parkrun for the ambassadors and then came the time for me to go back to France and with my experience um, for me it was the, mo- um, the most logical thing to do, um, start Parkrun in France.
0: So when you started in the UK, how many events did they have there? Do you remember?
2: I, th- I think, they, I can't remember. I think they had around 10 to 15 parkruns, okay. I think.
0: And when you left?
2: Um, they had around, I don't want to say, don't be wrong, but around 400, I'd say. Okay. We had, we had launched the junior parkruns as well by then. So yeah, I think it was around 400 with the juniors.
0: That's enormous growth. must have been so exciting.
2: Yeah, it was very exciting because that's where we saw the new countries coming um, into the family. So, I mean, the last, the last 10 years, it's been mind-blowing seeing the, the
0: growth of Parkrun. You must have a really low Parkrun number as well.
2: Uh, it's 27,000-something, so it's low, but it's not that low. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but yes, yeah, it's, it's five digits, so it's okay, it's a small number.
1: With all these years of parkrun in your past, Anita, you must have had some pretty wonderful adventures. How many parkruns have you done and how many different locations have you been to?
2: Well, um, well that's a, I couldn't answer. I've done around, I've done around 20 parkruns as a runner, more than 100 parkruns as a volunteer. I've been to many parkruns where I have been, haven't been recorded, obviously. I couldn't answer the question for the locations. I don't know. I don't know because I've started um, so many parkruns. Probably around an hundred parkruns I've been to. I don't know. I couldn't answer really. But um, it was an amazing experience for me because I was when I started my parkrun journey. I was just this French girl who loved sports and anything related to sporting activity, and I had this opportunity me being brand new in this, in this new country to go all over the, the country and to visit it and to meet amazing people will always um, have been so welcoming to me. Um, seeing all these amazing venues, going to places in Northern Ireland, Scotland, and East, West, South England. So yes, I, I have seen quite a lot of um, amazing sceneries and met quite a few amazing people. Do any of those stick out in your mind? Well, it's hard to it's hard to choose, but um Portrush in Northern Ireland was quite an amazing place to be. They have a parkrun on the beach and it's so far away from London from where I used to live and the people were so lovely there. That's that's one of them. It's very hard to it's very hard to name one. I always loved I always had something for the little parkruns in terms of numbers. So that's something else. My local park run, Warmer Scrubs. I don't know if you know Worms. I don't know if you've heard of Warmers Crubs in, in southwest West London. It's it's right by a big prison. So it's not when you say it like this, not the most welcoming places to go and it's just a scrub, so it's just a big field. Um it was a small park run in terms of numbers where well, it only had around forty to fifty runners. But got the um the community was just so lovely. Um the, the local running club with a very, very, very old-school clubhouse from the 70s. It was one of the loveliest, I mean, it was my local parkland obviously, but that being a small parkrun compared to huge ones, but just it was just like a family every week, so just to name a couple.
1: We're fond of the small ones as well.
0: <laughs> They're great. Tell us about the five events you've got in France. Have you got any iconic locations yet?
2: Um. Well, we, we, yeah, we're very proud of the five little parkruns. The first one is 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 Parkrun, so it's right by where I live. I will, I live in the countryside of Bordeaux, so in the southwest of France. Um, in the middle of the vineyards and, and, and fields with horses and we, we happened to I mean we managed because I was looking for a long time to find a space big enough to have a parkrun and that's why we decided to do the very first one so we could test the systems as well and, and all the IT stuff that goes in the background of, of doing a parkrun and that's how that's our little, little parkruns but it's, it's quite hard to find and then we've got some very iconic ones like the one in Paris which is in um, Le Bois de Boulogne so it's um, in Paris, but it's by the biggest and the most famous sporting venue. So Roland Garros, where the Grand Slam tournament is going on now, is right back there. PSG, which is a football club, um, is right by there as well. They have um, um, the rugby club as well is right back there. So when the city... Um, the Paris City Council gave us the permission to do the parking there without any, any problem. We we felt so grateful and so honoured to be able to host the parkland in, in that amazing venue. The one obviously in the chateau is um Pierre de Brest, the last one is is fantastic as well. I mean they're all great. Um the the parks in in, in France is are not not like in the UK in terms of um there's so many in the UK they're all amazing but so far, we've been able to start um, parkruns in 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 very very lovely places. So I'm, I'm very glad with that.
0: And what about the French people? Have they adopted parkrun like the rest of the world? Is there any hesitation? Or
2: yes, yeah, so that's that's pretty much our challenge. A challenge at the moment. Uh, parkrun is has grown and has starting in, in in English. I mean, where parkrun is very big at the moment is in English speaking countries. So bringing Parkland into a country that doesn't speak English first is, um, is difficult. Um, talking about Parkland, explaining the concept is French, was, was um, it, it had, we had, I had to think about ways to talk about this for many reasons. For example, the word run in English in French translates by race, but I didn't want obviously to call Parkland a race. I had to find a word that would work with that. And the second thing I would say is a French mentality. At the moment, they seem a bit, they see us in parks, but they're always very hesitant to come and join us. Um, in France, people um, are not very curious. They do their own thing in parks. So for example, when I was in the UK, if, if if people saw a group of people doing something, they would come and ask, oh, what are you doing? What is that? It sounds cool. But in France, they see us us, but they wouldn't come and ask us what we're doing. We have to go and see them. And it's the same thing. We're kind of bothering them in in whatever they're doing. And that's not something that you really do here. So that's our biggest challenge is kind of explain what we do, show people that what we do is great and make them want to come and try. Um, We need to find ways to kind of talk about our activity and make people want to come and join us. Because once they come and join us, they love it. Same as anywhere else in the world. They get the concept, they become partners, they bring their families and friends, and, yeah, it, it starts from there. But they, they, there's this hesitation of, of actually coming and, and do the first step. So that's our biggest challenge in France, this, this awareness of what partnering is and, and how good um, it, can, it can do.
1: You must get quite a lot of uh, adventurers touring over to visit your events from other countries. Um, I certainly know that I'm keen to try out some French park runs. I was there in 2013 for the Marathon du Madoc, and there were no park runs there. And my husband and I spent four weeks travelling around France, and it was the longest period I had been away from a park run um, since I started in 2012. So. When I come back, because I have unfinished business with Marathon Dumesdok, how close is it to your park runs in Bordeaux?
2: Um, parkrun Dumesdok, around twenty minutes drive from from um, from a parkrun. I think it would be probably the one near me, so the Parkrun de Doune. So you're not too far. Half an hour, I'd say. Half an hour
1: drive. Excellent. I'll see you in eighteen months. <laughs> Fantastic
2: yeah come and join us it was always fun yes definitely i mean the parkland tourists are, are a, a big proportion of, of the people who take part in France at the moment and it's great because it actually inspires a local to, to take part and they see the friendliness across um the borders and and for them it's amazing when like in our little parkland in the countryside we see local, we see people coming from australia or coming from New Zealand, they're amazed, they don't understand why those people will travel so far just to run a 5k on a Saturday morning, but they understand that it goes, it goes beyond the, just the concept, um, the park on love is just, the park love is just, is just huge. So we do, we do get a lot of tourists and especially when there are big running events like the Paris Marathon or pretty soon the the Euro as well is going to bring for a lot of tourists, um, the football um, tournaments and uh, yes, so it's great. It's, it's just fantastic to see to see the parkrunners coming from all over the world.
0: Well, it's exciting times for you, Anita. It must be so rewarding to, to bring something like this to a country and to a whole population. Have you got some big plans for Saturday? So it's your home parkrun that's going to be celebrating the one-year anniversary. What have you got in store?
2: So we're going to do the park run and then we're going to go home, have a shower, and then we're going to call back to the to this venue and have a big barbecue, um, play pétanque, which is, I don't know if you know pétanque, it's like a French old school game uh, with uh, metal balls and we're going to play football, just just stay around for the rest of the day. That's, that's the plan. It's, it's going to be fun. Yeah.
0: That sounds like fun. That's it's a way to celebrate. Thanks for coming on the podcast this week. It's great to have you. Hopefully we'll catch up again.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. And hopefully I'll see you in France maybe, uh, maybe soon.
1: It's been a little while since we had him join us on the show. Eight weeks, in fact. Eight solid parkrun adventurer episodes without the sultry sounds of Mr. Tim Oberg, but he's back. Tim, welcome to the show.
3: Good to be here. And Mel, did you just say salty sounds? Is that what you said?
1: No, I said sultry.
3: Sultry sounds. Well, that's even more interesting. Okay, anyway, it's good to be here. (laughs) And then my voice has never been described as sultry before, not even by my wife, but anyway, I'm, I'll go with it. So good to, be, good to be here. Has the podcast changed in its theme or anything whilst it's in the last eight weeks? It is still about running.
1: Well, I'm sure you're listening to it religiously every week, so you would know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the first question is, Tim, who was on the podcast last week?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can answer that. I'll tell you two people who were on it last week. Scott Trickett and Mel Erbacher. Boom. Next question.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. You're not doing yourself any favours here. (laughs) You you must be our biggest fan.
3: Who wasn't on it last week? Which one of you two wasn't on it? Well, you'll have to listen to find out.
1: Name a third person that was on the podcast last week.
3: All right. Okay. The third person who was on the podcast last week was...
1: Sounds like you're delaying while you Google it.
3: Uh, well, because it just comes up into, uh, into the start of, um, of all Google searches. Something to do with Kung Fu running. <laughs> uh,
1: That's the best answer that you've given to any of the questions we've asked you, the entire history of the let podcast. Let me
3: tell you why. Let, let me explain why I didn't listen last week. And that is because Scott set the podcasting app on my phone and then my phone broke. And now I'm on another phone that doesn't have enough memory for me to download the app to, uh, to download the podcast. So that's my excuse. But anyway.
0: Okay, let's get stuck into the questions. We had a question from Tim, the other Tim. The other Tim? Which one? The other Tim down my neck of the woods, Tim Baldwin. He asked, as we all love being adventurers, could we look at getting a So On patch? with each parkrun's name on it we could then buy them through wiggle
3: yeah okay so i actually love that idea tim baldwin and it's one that has been floated uh before and um the answer is not a definite no um because it's a, it's a it's a fun idea but it's more about uh, how how would that actually work in reality? What needs to be made? How would we get them out there, et cetera, et cetera? The other idea that's been floated, and, and I'll, I'll, I hope this isn't about to be another question but that I'm about to ruin, but um, is the idea of the park run passport where there would be a part, like a physical passport that you could buy and then each event would have a rather stamp, uh, potentially that is designed by the owner of own, uh, each event as well. So there'd be, you know, 165 different rubber stamps out there. Um, and so you would then have your passport stamped uh, when you visited an, av- an event. And uh, I did quite a lot of investigation into that. I was getting quotes from um, book publishers and all sorts of things. And in the end, it's uh, it just never got off the ground. But both ideas are lovely. Um, uh, and, and possibly could happen, but it really would just take um, some some organizing and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, the answer is a definite maybe.
1: A definite maybe. That's that's a good answer.
3: I've got to admit, I
0: like this so-on idea. I've never been a massive fan of the passport because logistically I can see that's just going to be a real headache. But the, um, the so-on
3: patch, I don't mind. And what? So, would each patch look different? Does it have to? I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I'm asking you.
1: I think it'd be a bit boring if you had all these patches the same.
3: Yeah. And where do they go? Like that's the other thing. Like, is it on? Is it on a, a single parkrun shirt with patch that that is made for people to put patches on? You know. So it's all those all those sorts of questions that I think. Before anything like this would happen, they need to be kind of thought of. But um, yeah, they're definitely nice ideas, I, and uh, and obviously it's a proven formula. When you, you travel, you see people put patches on their backpacks and all that kind of stuff. So it's obviously um, you know inspired by that. Okay, great.
0: A question back to the audience: How do we make this happen?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Put it put it this way: If someone out there is listening in the Park Run Adventures podcast land and has a business that can make it happen. Uh, seamlessly then let's hear about it
1: I I have this one comes from me Tim but it's on behalf of all the parkrunners out there so Mel from the Sunshine Coast wants to know she understands that there is uh, a no cash handling policy at parkrun events however it is possible for parkrunners to make donations directly to their events can you explain how that works
3: Absolutely. So, um, the first part of your double banger question there, uh, with regards to no cash handling, handling, basically that is a, a global policy with Parkrun because we don't want our volunteers to ever be put in a situation where they have to handle cash and and therefore be accountable for it, because uh, we would hate to see a situation where uh, someone would be saying that they. Donated X number of dollars to a certain parkrun and gave it to a certain parkrun volunteer, that parkrun volunteer then says they don't know where that money is and then it all just becomes very um, sticky. So that is why we have that policy. Um, And to to complement that policy, I guess, we have uh, a donations system uh, of which uh, I think the best one to mention is that you can donate through the Australian Sports Foundation parkrun page, And the reason I'm mentioning that one is because all donations to that page are tax deductible and as we're about to enter june uh it's a good month to be donating because it can help you with your tax return if you're looking to uh, for as many tax deductions as possible so so it all so that's that's how that all works mel and then obviously all the money that gets donated goes towards supporting our existing parkrun events and into into of course to growing parkrun and you know events require money from time to time for things like some events want to have marquees because they might be in areas where there's a lot of exposure to the elements, namely the sun and the rain. So some events request a marquee and then it's good to have money through donations to, to be able to cover that.
0: Next question from Miss KT in Research in Victoria. She wants to know how old does she have to be before she can volunteer
3: by herself? <sighs> well, you can tell your daughter, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, no. How long you, The rules are the same. The policy is the same for volunteering at Park Run as it is for running or walking at Park Run. Because the rule is essentially for participating at Park Run, which is both. So, to participate at Park Run, um, you, uh, if you, if you are uh, 11 years old or older, you can do it on your own. Uh, and if you're under 11, you need to do so with your designated parent or guardian or uh, or other so as so long as it's been design- designated by your your, your parent, so uh, what that means in reality is uh that if Kasia wants to volunteer or any other child uh so she she just needs to do so uh she she Kasha's uh still under eleven isn't she yeah she is so yeah she yeah yeah, so she just needs to do so with with one of you guys um and then it would also be prudent of the um, whoever is the volunteer coordinator for that event, to uh, make sure that if they are having children volunteering, that the role that they are uh, being assigned to is appropriate.
0: Tim, the partnership with Athletics Australia was a big announcement a couple of weeks ago. Is there any relevance for adventurers in that announcement?
3: Oh, good question. Good question, Scott. Um, there is actually. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's going to be a whole lot happening uh in terms of the the partnership with Athletics australia there's and and, and a lot of it is is uh you know, we're sort of making it up as we go a little bit. Myself and the CEO of Athletics Australia and the President of Athletics Australia, we're just really going into this with uh, looking for as many different opportunities as possible. Um, and certainly one that's already cropped up is to do with the Blackmoor Sydney Running Festival. Um, now, that event is actually owned by Athletics Australia. It's the only major marathon in the country that AA actually uh, own. Um, and so as such, now that we're, we're partnered with them, there's going to be some really good, I guess, perks, if you want to call it, for for park runners with regards to to that event. So if you are a park run adventurer and you have been thinking about doing the Blackmore Sydney Running Festival at some point, um, certainly this year will be as good a year as any to give it a crack. Um, It's on the 18th of September. Now, I was talking with the race director, Wayne Larden the other day. And I mentioned to him that when I did it a couple of years ago, it was actually a killer. The course is really, really difficult. And he assures me that actually changed the course this year for the marathon, uh, and it is now, and I quote this off the website, flatter, faster, and even more beautiful. Um, so yeah, um, that's pretty exciting. And uh, what it, it's the, in terms of what is gonna get, it's gonna be along the lines of discounted entry, Um, we're going to have a reserve space at the finish area for uh, recovery and cheering on other park runners and and if anyone who's done that before knows that the the recovery area is sort of in the in the botanic gardens there with views out over sydney harbour so it's really lovely Um, uh, and so anyway uh, uh, the exact specifics of that arrangement are yet to be confirmed but certainly i can guarantee that um, there will be some great Benefits to park runners at the Blackmore Sydney running festival this year. So pencil it in
0: I might have to Put that on my calendar And what about the other big announcement your workforce doubled? recently
3: it did it did it's probably uh, one of the one of the greatest things ever to happen to me in my entire life was uh, Renee Gimbert former event director of Coomera Parkrun on the Gold Coast now territory director for the Gold Coast and now National Operations Manager for Parkrun Australia, our second full-time employee. Uh, And she's fabulously talented and organised and um, smart and kind and caring and all these things that uh, I should be better at. Um, So she's just such a wonderful addition to the team and uh, already she's pretty much every sort of job that I've given her, she's doing it better than I ever was. So um, in terms of um, me personally, I'm thrilled to have her supporting me uh, and supporting all of us. Um, and certainly from a professional standpoint uh, and from a, from the from, from the point of view of the parkrunners, it's, it's, it's a great thing for parkrun to have her coming on full time and, and uh, working, working for parkrun. So yeah, thrilled to have Renee on board. Renee, Renee, if you're listening, thumbs up. Well, it's a great
0: sign. It means that parkrun is healthy and growing, and that's a good thing for all of us. So maybe next month we'll have Ask Renee.
3: Ooh, on the pod. that's it. That should, mate, she'll, she'll, she'll answer the questions better than me. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Do
0: you often wonder, Mel, how other people how everyone's listening to the podcast whether it's on their run or on their commute i want to, this week on instagram so instagram doesn't just have to be on saturdays i want to see some instagram pics on wednesday and thursday this week and show us how you're listening to the podcast whether it's you are on a midweek run and you capture a shot of your ipod or your Player, or even the view, or whether you're on the commute and you show us the view outside your tram window, hashtag that parkrun adventurers. That's an adventure, a social adventure for this week. Because we did get lots of great pics on Instagram. Will B was at the Burley Griffin, th- Griffin, Griffith, Griffin, Griffin. Lake
1: Tr- Burley Griffin is the name of the lake. Yeah, I should know that.
0: Will B was at the Burley Griffin trial. That's going to be a big event for Canberra. I think they're a bit excited. It's been a long time between launches for the Canberra folk. And an iconic location in Australia. It will be great to be running around there. Run Joe, Run smashed it. Must have been her lucky day. Not quite, Joe. I think you've been um, training and committed really hard to get your time on Saturday, which was really fast. Well done. Ray Macy was all set up in the parkrun tent at the Green Heart Fair. Dr Scott Watkins was getting ready for another free timed 5k run in Seoul with the Seoul Flyers. So not quite parkrun in Korea just yet. Adam Urbacher was happy to have done a freedom run at Main Beach Parkrun after today's filming job. Wow, there's, a, there's another Urbacher in parkrun. What a coincidence.
1: There's a few of them, actually.
0: Well, this one's his first name's Adam, and he loves freedom running at Main Beach. And we might have... well. (laughs) And I want to mention Phil Ackland's pick. He tagged us when he was crossing the finish line down in Portland last week. He described it as a varied and interesting course that's well worth a visit. So that's the wrap-up, the Instagram wrap-up for this week. Insert jingle (laughs) there. Insert the new Instagram jingle. And what's happening on Facebook?
1: Well, this week on Facebook, Parkrun Adventurers asked our listeners who had an adventure this weekend, and we got some fabulous responses. So Jo McCarthy said she could Strava prove it. I think she might have been our Run Joe Run as well. So obviously she had a great weekend. Danella Taylor clocked some awesome elevation. She did the Cancer Climb that, you know, in Brisbane, you, you run up all these steps in this really tall building. Um, insane, but she does it every year. So that's very cool. How does
0: Strava Paul- track that?
1: Well, not very successfully, unfortunately, because she did say her GPS lost signal at about the third flight of steps up, so I'm not sure where it picked it up again. But Strava tracks elevation, so surely, surely it can cope with it somehow, just not very well indoors. Yeah. Uh, Paul Curtin has said he's committed to his next four events as at home as he's coordinating a bulk order of parkrun wristbands. So that's above and beyond for his event team. Great job, Paul. Chris Fraser was at home at Shell Harbour. As the 28-minute pacer, he helped someone to a nearly two-minute PB, which is just about as good as running a two-minute PB yourself, he says. And I would agree. In fact, sometimes I think helping other people is more satisfying than getting those achievements yourself so and we've already heard from siren ray macy who was at the green heart fair for those of you who don't know that's a an awesome fair that gets run twice a year in the brisbane area and we had mark from chermside park run and a whole bunch of others out in force to spread the park run love there so that's very cool brendan peel i think must have joined you at highlands scotty for the third birthday Got to eat some cake, enough cake apparently to sink a ship. So obviously they did a good job. There
0: was lots of cake. Lots of variety of cake too.
1: abdul Rolf Mohammed Issa finally made it to 50 runs at his ex-home Pioneer Park Run and his next goal is to run 50 at his new home park run at Woodbridge Riverside and volunteer 100 times. How awesome is that? Love that goal. Jeff Hansen went hunting for a new park run course, decided that this wasn't it, and he shared uh, an interesting Strava map with us. He he only ran, it shows that he only ran 4.4 kilometres, but he assures us that it was definitely not short. He just stopped the Garmin when they got a bit lost in the bush in the dark. And Jeremy Savage said, My wife Kelly Underwood rejoined the WA Parkrun States Person Club again by completing Maylands Peninsula Parkrun. So, congratulations, Kelly. That's an awesome achievement as well. Joe Bennett was out on a cold Saturday, got the Strava ready. She says, Go Parkrun, people. So she's supporting everyone even on Facebook and Tracy has said that she's sad that she can't Strava prove it because she got a massive one minute 45 new PB while adventuring at town of Seaside Park Run this weekend and her watch managed to lose all its stored recorded runs from the weekend and but you know what Tracy it's okay because you can actually log runs on Strava manually if you lose your GPS data from your watch. I don't know how to do it but I'm pretty sure it's fairly easy. Do you know how to do it, Scotty?
0: It is. When you just go to add a run, you just click on manual and you can say whatever you want.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a can of worms waiting to be opened. But Tracy has got the fantastic support of the Town of Seaside Parkrun volunteers who took her time for her. So all she needs to do is log that and you're away.
0: Well, is that all?
1: That's all from Facebook this week. Facebook
0: was busy. You know what else is busy? Tell me. on Australia launches. We've got three this week, all around the country. We've got one in New South Wales at Narrabri. We're adding West Beach to the South Australian family. And Bowen, up in far north Queensland, are ready to launch this weekend.
1: No doubt there'll be some adventurers at all of those launches and we want to hear about your adventures, so don't forget to hashtag Parkrun Adventurers.
0: Where's the cake
1: this week? Well, when you add the launches to the amount of anniversaries, this is a bumper weekend on the Parkrun calendar because we've got anniversaries all over the shop. Ballarat in Victoria are having their first anniversary Bar in Queensland are having their second anniversary. They've got a theme, head to toe in a single colour. I really like that. It's not just, you know, a colour theme. It's it's head to toe. So that all makes for some really interesting pictures.
0: It will be party time at Canning River. They've made it to their third anniversary celebrating with a cops and robbers theme. And Quite possibly our favourite theme of the year so far, or if not our favourite top three. Sand and Point also made it to three years and they're celebrating with a leather theme. Leather and running. I'm not sure if that's a match made in heaven, but I can't wait to see the photos. I've
1: I've done vinyl and running and I can certainly tell you that that is not a match made in heaven. (laughs) So I can't imagine leather is... Is going to be fantastic for the running part. However, to give you some background about where they chose leather from, leather is actually the traditional gift for third anniversaries. So it's, it's not just some let's, <laughs> let's pluck something out of nowhere situation. Hey, let's go with leather. There was actually some thought involved behind this. I'm, I'm no doubt so there
0: is. There's a lot of thought that's gone into leather
1: and they have asked their park runners to keep it clean because it oh. is a family event so probably not the photos that you might be expecting when you hear leather is the theme yeah i guess they've got
0: a they've got a point i'm still looking I forward to i wonder
1: if the they'll have paces cracking the whips
0: <laughs> we can only hope
1: and who knew we've got a new little venue that you can get social with us in the social media landscape You can do discussions on Strava. I'm learning all sorts of new stuff. Dave Robbo from Get Mossy and Robbo to Rio and Parkrun Adventurers podcast guest of recent weeks said, Loving the Parkrun Adventurers Strava Club. Good to see there are a couple of Daves signed up. Obviously, the next step will be to start a separate Daves running club, Strava Club. So the couple of days he's talking about it is himself obviously but I'm sure David D'Alessio would be more than happy to join you so get the club going Robbo. I'm sure you'll have heaps of people on board very soon.
0: And that's it for another episode of the Parkrun Adventurers. Thanks for joining me again Mel
1: You're welcome Scotty Hope you all enjoyed the show this week We'll see you next week for another Parkrun Adventure